A girl who didn't really know who she was met a boy who really didn't know who he was either. They dated in high school and college. And so it was that two kids who didn't know who they were or what they were doing got married. They thought they'd just keep a pet bunny instead of having any kids. God began stirring their hearts to a different future. God's plan was so much better. They brought home seven precious bundles over the years, seven souls temporarily entrusted to them. Through many amazing moments and memories, trials, tests, tears, fears, victories, and valleys, loving deeply and failing bigly, regrets, repentance, restoring, and most of all, God walking next to them through every twist and turn, the days came and went year after year. The secret sauce that held them together? It was the holding. The holding on to hope when things looked impossible. Holding on to time, as in waiting it out when they felt like giving in, giving up, or walking away forever. Holding each other's hand when the way was bumpy, treacherous, or tiring. But most of all, holding on to Jesus as their Redeemer, Forgiver, Transformer, Example, Grace Giver, Comforter, Guide, and King. Well, my mom, friends, that's the story of Rich and I's marriage of 30 years that we're celebrating this week. If you are not married, if you are separated or divorced or single or or unhappily married, I hope you know that this episode is still for you because you're a mama who is setting the tone for your kids and what marriage should look like. You're the one who will equip them with essential keys for successful marriage. So let's get started with a more intentional marriage right now. Welcome to the Practically Speaking Mom podcast, the place for an intentional mom to build a strong family. Today, I want to talk to you about hard work and sacrifice. You see, the best things in life require hard work and sacrifice. The best results just can't be created without those two ingredients. I remember for our second anniversary, we bought this little plaque that said, the best things in life come to those who leave the choices to God. That's sacrificing our will for God's will. God gives miraculously beyond what we could ask or imagine when we give up our own desires for God's. And when we combine that with hard work and sacrifice, Trust me, all you young people who think that unmarried love is better or that young love is great, there is an amazing gift, an amazing miracle that awaits you when you choose God's way in your marriage and you work hard for your marriage and you sacrifice for your marriage. When I say healthy marriage requires hard work and sacrifice, I know you already know all about hard work and sacrifice. As an intentional mom, We sacrifice every day of our lives, making sure our children's needs are met and that we're doing all we can to propel them toward God's will for their lives. So I know you already know living sacrificially. I also am not suggesting when I say that marriage takes sacrifice, I'm not suggesting that you should allow unhealthy things to happen to you in your marriage. 
Sometimes sacrificing for the good of your marriage means speaking up or taking action on hard things, even if conflict follows or even if change has to come. It means getting you and your children to safety if if that's what's needed. Sacrifice looks different in different situations, but sacrificing for a healthy marriage is not silently enduring unhealthy things. Now, here's what sacrifice has meant for me in my marriage. In the early years of marriage, it meant giving up some friends and getting new friends because the old friends wanted to bond over complaining about their husbands and bond over verbally bashing them and re-airing all their arguments or embarrassing imperfections in their husbands. Clearly, I needed some new friends. I had to seek out friendships who wanted to build up my marriage and their own marriage, who wanted to help me to grow in my role as wife and be willing to sharpen one another as we seek stronger marriage relationships. Also, in the early years of marriage, I had a totally wrong paradigm about healthy ways to talk to my husband. You see, I had a college degree in communications, but I had a TV degree in sarcasm, in snarky comebacks and put-downs, and in negative communication games. From my years of growing up, I had learned from TV shows that strong women berate men, disrespect them, throw verbal zingers, continually reduce their value with our words. TV University also taught us females to use our feminine wiles to manipulate and control. As I began to unlearn everything I had learned from TV, it was reshaping my mind in good ways. And as my mindset changed, so did my attitude and actions. Sacrificing for my marriage has meant I needed to unlearn all the wrong methods for communicating with my husband and instead use God's word as my guide. God spells out very clearly what love looks like, and it is not what the world believes about love. The world's view of love is very self-centered, and it produces shallow relationships. God's view of love is sacrificial, but it produces an amazingly deep bond between two people when God's standard becomes our goal. Read 1 Corinthians 13 or all of the book of Ephesians, and you'll see a good place to start if you want to replace the world's standards with God's standards in relationships. I'll mention one more sacrificial change I had to make in our marriage that has perhaps been the biggest key to a deep and meaningful love relationship with my husband. I had to become transparent, to be open about my vulnerabilities, about my needs, to be honest about what would make me feel resentful or or feel distant. When something would happen between us that would make me want to push away or put up walls, I had to stop myself and learn to verbalize those temptations. For example, let's say he would do something that unknowingly hurt my feelings. I had to learn to say, When this happened earlier today, it made me want to put up walls and close myself off from you, but I know that's not what's best for our marriage. I'm trying to overcome those feelings. I'm verbalizing this partly as an accountability for me and partly so we can work on how this happens in the future. 
It required sacrifice on his part then to hear me without becoming defensive. We both had to choose not to have a battle of wits or a battle of verbal arrows or a battle of stiff silence. We were learning to sacrifice human selfish approaches for godly approaches for the good of our marriage. So is there anything that you might need to give up or rethink to take a step toward relationship health, toward wholeness in your marriage, toward oneness in your marriage? If you go to my website, practicallyspeakingmom.com, you can click on the master suite. There you will find blog posts containing podcast episodes about how to strengthen your marriage. For example, here's a few of them. Episode 54 is nurturing a sense of security in your marriage and family. Episode 23 is overcoming negative communication habits in your marriage and family. And episode 17 is the value of goal setting and dreaming together in marriage. Now we're going to wrap up today with a little clip from episode eight, where Rich and I talk about sacrifice in marriage. We went to, and they had us do, they gave us these playing cards that were called value cards, I think. Yeah. You want to describe how a little bit how that worked? Uh, I believe that it was an exercise that came from something from John Maxwell's organization, um, which has a lot of great leadership materials. And it, it, this was really a leadership conference, but uh, it showed us something about our relationship. Each person was given a set of these value cards, which had a whole bunch of different values on them. And I only remember a few that really stood out to us. And as you work through them, you work individually. Let's go. Some examples of of values would be efficiency. I value efficiency. Taking initiative. Hard work. Right. Being a peacemaker. Fun would be a value. So all these different values. Okay. So don't think character qualities or don't think that, you know, it's life principles that all should be in a certain order. Just these are the things that intrinsically God made me to really value certain things and God made Rich to really value other certain things. Okay, keep going. Right. So the exercise was each person had a complete deck of these cards with all the same values in each deck. And you would go through and you would first pick out your your top 10, you know, and each individual would pick out their own top 10. And then you'd go back and narrow it down to your top three. And just that alone was was pretty eye-opening between Val and I. Uh, and then we were supposed to get it down to our top one. And mine, my top value was peace. And Val's top value was truth. Well, if you think that through, truth and peace don't always necessarily go together. If there's going to be truth in a relationship, then sometimes you're going to deal with some hard things and you're going to have some some... Uh, some rough and raw feelings in dealing with that. And that's necessary. But peace is also an important thing in a relationship as well. And there need, you need times of peace. So it was really eye-opening to see, wow, we're working toward the same things, but we still have our own uniqueness and we come at them from different ways. And there's different parts of that same goal that are important to Val and different parts that are important to me. And we need to figure out a way to be able to come at this together. Well, really what it showed us was 
that so so let's say I value truth. Well, that means which is important, which is important, but it also means that I would go around stomping on people's feelings in our family all the time. Uh, that, because that happened sometimes. <laughs> because I thought the truth was so important, it needed to get out there. But I wasn't valuing peace at all. So, and I wasn't valuing gentleness or, um, you know, understanding. So I wasn't careful in how I presented truth. But at the same time, I, if peace was my highest value then I would let truth slide, not, I don't know what I'm... You wouldn't lie. Right. But you just, you wouldn't speak up about the truth if it would at all jeopardize peace. Right. It was more about, uh, I didn't lack truth. What I sometimes would lack was forthcoming or openness to where I would not say something in the higher interest of peace than in an interest of truth. So what we discovered from doing this values thing, this little exercise, was it showed us that God brought these two people together, this person who most values truth and this person who most values peace. And then he said, now, have a healthy family. (laughs) And, And he wasn't doing that to be it's like one of those puzzles that has no solution. <laughs> no, he wasn't doing that to be Henri. He was doing that because if we do it together, if we both bring our values to the table in a humble and I'm working with you kind of way, then the end result is so much fuller and healthier than if we were both just truth, or we were both just peace. You see, your family unit and your marriage needs the uniqueness of the other one, but you need to be united uniquely, each of you honoring all of the other people's unique aspects. So we want to encourage you today to to do that, to start making oneness a top marriage priority and discuss what do we need to change to allow oneness to be more healthy in our marriage and how can we honor one another's uniquenesses and really allow that blend to produce something we could have never imagined. We're learning a different perspective. We're turning our struggles from different directions into striving together. Now we're striving together for more than we could have been on our own before. Still you, still me. With a new entity of one